Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. Yeah, basically we're just regular dudes drinking irregular beers and talking about some world-class Magic the Gathering that will be taking place on MTG Arena. Woo-woo! World Championships! All right! Yeah, I'm actually excited for this. this I am great. too. I, I am. Um... There's a, we'll, we'll talk about some things in a second, but um, I'm happy to be doing our final fantasy. Finally closing it out and yeah. seeing who <laughs> wins the weird 2-4. We've been... Spoiler, me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, but we have been working on this for almost a year, so that's crazy to think about. That is ridiculous. That, yeah. that this bet has been going on way too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, but first, each week we both bring a beer, drink our own, then drink each other's, rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right, so I have Bianca. This is a beer from Omnipolo, and it is a mango lassi goza hmm. fruited sour ale. So I have no idea what to expect with this. Omnipolo makes good stuff, though, so I trust them. And the can is purple. Nice. Um, yeah. I brought Zap from Nickelbrook. It's a pink lemonade sour IPA. It's 5.6% and it has a picture of a um a flying saucer with like <laughs> sucking up lemons. Zach, I think it's 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 all caps with an exclamation point. So oh, you need oh. to say it with a little more gusto. Oh, sorry. I brought zap. <laughs> is is what I brought. <laughs> um but yeah. Also, news, I'm in a new apartment. So hopefully there aren't as many sirens. But there might be other sounds. So, yay! <laughs> Wait, don't you edit all those out post-production? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I am a, a sure. audio wizard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, magic news. Ooh, we got some breaking news today. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, always nice when we get it on the day that we're actually recording. So that's good. Um, yeah. So, basically... The deck lists for Worlds, for the standard portion of the event, were supposed to come out on Friday, right before the event starts. And in, instead, they got leaked today, thanks to yeah. MTG Melee. Slash, I, think, I think it was Melee's fault, because they, they uh, issued an apology on Twitter. And then, okay. kind of after that, Watsi was like, okay, well, we'll officially announce what they are. And then they posted their thing about it as well. Um, just being like, oops, I guess everyone knows now. So, yeah, they didn't make them private or something. I don't know. Yeah. I specifically melee said, so yeah, you need to make sure you hit the box that says not public deck lists. Um, mm -hmm. when you make a tournament, so somebody whoops. fucked up. <laughs> whoops. Yeah. Uh, so that's been the talk of embarrassments today. Um, for, just, uh, you know. A couple reasons. Another chapter in the embarrassing Watsi stories yeah. when it comes to running online tournaments. Which is classic. So, mm -hmm. yay, just another one in the bucket, I guess. Um, yeah. So, at first I was, like, upset because it, like, sucks because that's not what you want, really. Um, and we were planning on speculating, you know, what the decks right. were going to be today. <laughs> so, um, I guess we'll kind of just talk about the deck list instead of actually wondering what they're going to be. But yeah, Jeff. I mean, how does this make you feel? Like, what do you? What were your your whole process? I think it kind of sucks. I mean, on the one hand, very few people 
brought any spice, which I think was what was the most disappointing thing to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> is that I was hoping for some spicier lists here. Um, and so, you know, getting the chance to... Basically, the problem is that everybody now gets to test against all of their opponent's deck lists for three days before the tournament, right? Yeah. Whereas normally they wouldn't have that opportunity. Now, because everybody gets it, like, I don't think there's any issues of tournament integrity or anything going on, but, like, for example, the people that brought Grixis, they brought it to win the mirror match against it, and now their it opponents will have a plan. Yeah. Um, whether that plan will be executed well or not, we'll, we'll, we'll have to find out. Right. Um, yeah. But a lot of it is like pre-sideboarding in your head against certain opponents that you would normally have to do on the fly. Normally you have to be like, exactly. oh shit, well, and look up their deck list and be like, okay, because it's all open deck lists once the tournament starts. So um, you will know, right? It is, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's not like they got information they wouldn't have had. They just have three days to work on it. They have extra of- time with it. I guess the silver lining is that we'll probably just see better matches there will be true. No mistakes pretty much but uh it does suck for the people that you know tried to bring some secret tech to kind of surprise their opponents yeah it really punishes the people who are being creative and trying right, to come up with something new want to do exactly <laughs> you want you want them to still have the edge of we worked really hard building this list and now we come to the mm-hmm. tournament and we get to reap the rewards of having a surprise and this way really hoses you for that um, though, I mean, obviously you can't change your deck list now. So, you know, if you, there, there are a few lists we'll talk about it that have like main deck burning hands and maybe they won't, mm-hmm. it, they were wait, they were hoping for a different matchup and now you have this sideboard card in your main deck. So, um, we'll see what, uh, what comes with that. But, uh, ultimately I was thinking initially that these next couple days, a lot of people probably chunked out being like, well, once I submit my standard deck list. There's not a mu- like a lot I can do after that, so guess it's time to practice for limited because we're you know the first three rounds were draft, so yeah, I was thinking like oh so, you know they probably want to work on that, but now maybe they'll be like oh well shit I should probably focus on standard because the majority of the tournament is standard. Yeah, like I know I think every single one of these players I think like some of them are streamers, but none of them streamed standard. Mm-hmm. Like I know Gab Nassif even. I popped into his stream once and he explicitly said he would not be streaming standard before worlds because he doesn't want to leak the deck list. So mm-hmm. it's, now it's like, well, deck list is out, Gab. You're going to stream or what? Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> um, but you probably still don't want to stream it because you don't want people to know what you're planning on doing for each matchup. Like I saw his stream today. I didn't watch it, but I saw the title was uh, le- time to leak my limited strategy for worlds. or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. On Twitter after all the decks were, um, leaked, uh, Gab had said, Hey, so can we just have like a gentleman's agreement that nobody tests against the decks before the tournament? <laughs> yeah. Can we just yeah, right. agree? <laughs> like, please maybe. Cause he's one of these people that brought the, the special deck to win the mirror match. Yeah, he, he brought the Grixis Epiphany deck. Um, so, spoiler, I guess. I mean, it's all spoilers yeah. today. I, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything got spoiled. Um, the funny thing is, though, if you weren't moving, we would have recorded yesterday. That is, yeah. <laughs> so, it would have happened again where news 
gets leaked the day after we record. Yeah, so I literally moved yesterday, and so we decided we we're gonna record on on the, tonight instead, just to give me a breather. And uh, hey, look at that! Maybe uh, maybe we should <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> record on Tuesdays. I don't know. It's just it's <laughs> anyway. Um, do you want to just kind of get into these decks because uh, well, we can. <laughs> sure i mean like originally i just want what i was originally thinking was there were going to be three decks it was going to be like this is it epiphany deck mono green and mono white and i was like what other decks can you play those seem like the only value or like viable options um so i Mm -hmm. am happy to see some differences yeah i mean that's mostly like i don't actually know when these deck lists were submitted i think maybe they were submitted like last friday or something Mm mm-hmm um, maybe Sunday, I don't know, but, uh, it seems to me like this, this was the metagame before the big Star City Games event this past weekend, mm-hmm. because what happened in that event is people brought a lot of epiphany at the start, but then by the end of the weekend, Mono Green was by far the most popular because Is It Epiphany did not do well in that weekend. Uh, it was like 45% win rate the whole time. So, yeah. whereas Mono Green was like 65%. So, uh. I thought there would be more mono green than this. I was also planning... So let, let's actually just run through what it is so everyone is on the same yeah, page that yeah. we are on. Um, as far as like the decks, and then we'll, we'll kind of dive a bit deeper into them. Um, but as far as this Is It Epiphany deck, there are four people bringing this deck. So there's only 16 players. So four mm-hmm. is a good amount. For the, 25%. Is it, yeah, 25%. And the other 25% is... Grixis Epiphany. Yeah, <laughs> which is supposed to be the new hotness. This, right, <laughs> the, which is the is it Epiphany deck that splashes black. Yeah, for hand disruption, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that's... A slightly better removal. Yeah, so that's 50% of the field right there. It's just like these Epiphany decks. Epiphany, yeah. Um, and then we get three mono green decks, which are mm-hmm. what you would kind of expect. I mean, there's some spice in, in there. We'll get to that later, but there, there is, and I, I don't know what to to do about it, but it, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but yeah, I'm not gonna tell Paulo he's wrong. So well, yeah, of course, but also, <laughs> is he wrong? I don't know. It seems like maybe not the best pick for this tournament, but um, not that you would know. I mean, I don't know. I don't, yeah. It doesn't matter anyway. Uh, there are two people that brought mono white aggro. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this Teamer Treasures deck, which is really moist gruel to me. I really, I really hate that you said that. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's moist gruel aggro, which moist. they decided they're going to call Ugh. Teamer, uh, which we'll get into why that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and then Is It Dragons, specifically really Is It Dragons, not Prismari mm-hmm. Dragons. Um, right. which we always say Prismari when we talk about that deck, and obviously this one's different, so we're not going to call it that. And then an Azorius Tempo deck, which is the most exciting yeah, to me. Gotta love Noriyuki Mori. He always just brings a deck of his completely own construction. Yeah, so um, that's that one's pretty exciting. Uh, but let's just start things off with the deck that we have seen a lot of, and it is becoming was obviously huge before this weekend, and then there's a bunch of talk about... Um, Allrun's Epiphany this weekend about getting banned or all this kinds of stuff. Yeah, but then it didn't didn't perform well in the tournaments. So it's like, yeah, is it should we be banning it? So yeah, so like that conversation was kind of going into all right. There's this card. This let, let's do we quickly want to talk about this? <laughs> I, I have some things yeah, to yeah, say. Sure. But so as far yeah. as so because Allrun's Epiphany like is the it's the card that shows up in mo like the majority of the decks. Yeah, 
Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, I think it's like 62% or something is uh, of them. Um, as far as costs in everything except the monocolored aggro decks uh, and teamer, I think like that yeah. the teamer decks playing it. But. Exactly. So, um, every Sorry, deck moist gruel. Yeah. Moist gruel. So the teamer deck is only playing blue for like negate or something. And so every other deck that could play it is, and right. it's just like, yeah, it's a great card. Um, and some of the discussion this weekend was, like you were saying, the beginning of this uh, 5K SCG Tour tournament, they were uh-huh. starting a lot of Epiphany decks and then slowly it was becoming more and more mono green. And uh, it ended up being, towards the end of the weekend, right, it was like mono green was huge. And there were like yep. maybe one good uh, Epiphany deck that ended up making it. Um, yeah, I think one of them top aided. Yeah. Uh, but the other decks were mono green or mono white. And yeah, mono white did really well as well. And basically a lot of conversation was the reason that they still, even though it didn't perform very well, the only, the reason they want Elrond's Epiphany to still get banned is because it's the reason why those other decks, you have to play those other decks and it, right. it pushes out other brews because you either have to be mono green or mono white to beat it or you just you can beat mono green and mono white but you can't beat all runs epiphany and there's not a lot of in between yeah like i hate all runs epiphany as much as the next guy because i love playing mid-range and you just can't play mid-range if your opponent just needs to get to seven mana to win the game it's it's mm-hmm. very similar to what was happening with uh the sultai ultimatum decks which were also an all runs epiphany deck really mm-hmm. um, that you just can't play this kind of value train interact with your opponent game plan if all they have to do is get to seven and then they win yeah and now this deck has galvanic inter- or what's that card called sorry uh galvanic iteration iteration yeah galvanic iteration which is the one that just like doubles your next spell and so you get two turns yeah, the iterations are the real best cards it really, in this deck actually yeah expressive two, the two different iteration cards <laughs> so galvanic iteration and um the uh prismari one <laughs> expressive iteration they both yeah. like it's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, Expressive Iteration is just ridiculous. But. This deck is just not a deck that I am usually interested in. Something that doesn't play any creatures is like... They play some in the board usually, bring in like Smoldering Eggs. but Yeah, Smoldering Eggs and the Malevolent Hermit, which is fun to see. Uh, I, I would never play this deck. It's not my kind of deck. But mm-hmm. I actually, like I played in some of the Star City stuff over the weekend, and I really enjoy playing against this deck, actually. It's kind of Oh, fun. really? Because you're basically, you're always ahead, and they it's always very, very close. Like, they either stabilize and do their stupid take four turns and you're dead thing, mm-hmm. or they don't quite get there and you win. You're able to eke it out, like, the turn before they would have gone off or something, so. Yes. It you very... have to, like, disrupt them just enough, like a well-timed Redain or Apollo or something. Yeah. It, uh... it... So I was playing Bant. Got so it, okay. That was a lot of fun. Oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah, so I picked Bant because it dunks on mono green. Mm-hmm. It, like, absolutely annihilates Mono Green. And in the 12 matches I played, I played against Mono Green once, even though it was 35% of the field. So I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Classic. It's like 50-50 against Is It Epiphany, I think, the Bant deck I was playing. I just took Brad Nelson's list that he posted mm-hmm. on Star Stadium. Uh, but it annihilates Mono Green. So <laughs> uh, I feel like I predicted the metagame right, and then just it's still only 35% of the field, you know? So the other 65%... Is you're still more likely to run into that, but yeah, I think I, if I'd hit mono green a few more times, I would have done better. 
I just feel like I've been playing mono green on the ladder, which is obviously not the same as playing in a tournament because, you know, the I'm also not a really high rank. But like any <laughs> deck that I have to play against Jawari Disruption, I just I hate it. <laughs> it always gets me every time where I'm like, yeah. So do I hold it up for Jawari Disruption? Jawari Disruption is good. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I will play a two drop on turn three, and then I get. It doesn't matter that they do something else to <laughs> kill it. That's the thing. Like, even the fact that, like, I don't think I ever got anything countered in the whole tournament by Jory Disruption, but the fact that my opponents had four of them in their deck made me play off curve yeah. all the time. And, and so it's like, even if they didn't even have it, it was still kicking my ass. Yeah, so because you have to let them do, you have to stay off curve the whole game. And the best if part you about your. You can't get your Asika's Chariot hit by Jory Disruption. You can't. No, you can't. <laughs> like, it just then you already lost. You're like, oh, great, well, yeah. I'm screwed now. Yeah, then they, like, untap an expressive iteration and, like, pass again, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, so... So, obviously, <laughs> at a higher level... Well, I'm the one who always gets hit with it because I'm like, they don't have it. They, fuck it. <laughs> I saw something on Twitter where, where someone was showing, like, their opponent's graveyard and their graveyard, and it was just their mono-green curve, and, and they're, like, all in the graveyard... And their opponent's graveyard was just four Juari disruptions. And they're like, <laughs> nice. because like once you get hit with the first two, you're like, they don't have the third one. They don't have it. Right. And then you get hit with it. And you're like, well, they don't have the fourth one. I know they don't have the fourth one. And then you get hit with it. And you're like, yeah. what the fuck? So, um, I mean, obviously it doesn't happen like that very often at all. But I don't do well against this deck. Probably because of those things. Um, I'm also not yeah. the, a very good magic player. So. <laughs> yeah, the band deck has some game because you play Paulos and then I play Redames in the sideboard. Yeah. Because uh, at least that brings them off curve too. So you can you um, can just play a three drop, right? Like a lot of decks in the format try to ramp right to four mm -hmm. and skip three drops, but that deck plays three drops, so you don't have to slam your Asika's Chariot into Jory Disruption. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this deck... Um, I still think it has a good shot of of making it, and it will be yeah. fun to watch as well. I think it's a, a little bit overrated, but it's kind of like what you were saying, where it's also a skill level thing, right? Like, I was playing against good opponents in the Star City event, but I wasn't playing against the 16 best players in the world. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is one of those decks that scales with the skill of its user, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I could definitely see this being one of them. Like, yeah. divide by zero is such an interesting God. card to play. Yeah. Uh, I just love the fact that we do have learn and lesson cards in the world championships. Like, they're, you know, yeah. mascot exhibition is a card that someone's going to go get, you know? <laughs> like, I don't think I ever would have guessed that teachings of the archaics would be present in the world championship. Right. It, like, <laughs> some of it, there are some really cool ones that we'll, we'll see. Um, but, like, the fact that, you know, mascot exhibition is a sweet card that, you know obviously you want to play but you know they're just doubling it most of the time when they play it so then you're like well if i don't That's win from extra turns i'm going to double my mascot exhibition and just kill you in one shot so yeah uh, it, it is uh, cool so the the players that are playing this is it epiphany deck um two of them mm -hmm. have the same list so andre strasky and stanislav sifka obviously they work together sense, they're part of yeah. the check house so they have the same list. Probably Yvonne Flock built the deck for them. Yeah, exactly. And they're all working together. Uh, and Yvonne's like rooting, cheering them on. And um, mm -hmm. But then Arne Hushenbet also has a very, very similar list. Except for it's there's like two cards that are different. 
Yeah, um, it's really close. And I, I was just looking at it to see if I could notice a difference. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I don't remember what the difference is exactly, but uh, he's playing eleven sorceries instead of the twelve that the other ones are. That's how I noticed really quickly. Um, so it's right. it's more of like the numbers that are different, not necessarily like actual cards. And yeah. then Kaisuke Sato is also playing this, but so one Shatter Skull Smashing actually. So that's the difference in sorceries. Right, 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 right. Um, <clears throat> But uh, Kaisuke Sato is playing this list, except for with uh, four main deck smoldering eggs. So, mm-hmm. um, which is also fun to see. There's a lot of smoldering eggs. <laughs> and yeah. um, we were talking There's about a lot how. Of thing, like, thing in the eggs. Yeah, thing in the eggs, thing in the fire. Um, yeah. So that's just. Uh, it's cool to see. I mean, it's fun to see so many new cards and like different decks. Obviously, because we're past rotation, so like we get some better stuff. Or not better, mm-hmm. but different stuff. Um, anyway, so that just makes me happy to finally get to watch another tournament that's like, hey, we're not doing the same shit we've been doing for the last year. It's so great. Oh, totally, yeah. I mean, Midnight Hunt has had a huge impact on standards. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. Um, but the Grixis Epiphany deck, like we were saying, this is a very similar deck list to the Is It one, except for there's the uh, Duresses and um, the uh, Mind Rot from... Strixhaven in the sideboard. Oh, go blank. Mm, go blank. Sorry, I just went blank yep. there trying to remember what that card was called. <laughs> hey But I actually, I think I like this one quite a bit because it's, it's playing one of your worth of slots. I know, I was going to say that. <laughs> this is my three-point worth of slot. Leer, Disciple mm-hmm. of the Drowned. I love to see this card here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's super sweet. It's just, it's so cool to know, like... You were talking about a sweet, like, Demir deck list with this, and now this mm-hmm. is not exactly the same thing, but um, it's just awesome to know, like, hey, this card's going to be on a huge stage. And all these, everyone who's playing this Grixis Epiphany deck, they're all basically the same. They're almost exactly the same, I think. I think they, yeah, I think this is basically, like, Team Channel Fireball that brought this deck, like, the Channel Fireball guys that have been working together all year. Yeah. Nassif and Eli Cassis and... Yeah, and Mars Merkel. Yeah. So, which was surprising to me. I was surprised that that percentage of people would be working together and bring the mm-hmm. same deck and not have, you know, do the LSV thing where you have one card that's different just to get your, your right. teammates. So, it's just a little surprising to me. I don't know if this is a normal thing or, or what, but um, when I was looking at it, I was like, I could see a couple people working together. Like, okay, they worked and... Maybe they have some people who aren't in worlds, but like yeah, like it's super normal for a pro tour or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when there's only sixteen players, you know, to be working with three of them feels weird. You know, like you want to get an edge on those guys too. You got to beat them too. Exactly. You know the the one card in this list that I you know there's a lot of stuff like duress is going to be great for these you know pre sideboarded stuff and um, but the Celestis is one of the cards that I was... Yeah, that one was a, it was a head-scratcher. Yeah. <laughs> Just for ramping, I guess. Like, are you... Yeah, I think they've decided that, like, in the mirror match, having more mana is how you win, I guess. So they just... This this deck is definitely tuned to beat the mirror match. Like, even Leer mm-hmm. means that all of their counter spells are turned off, right? Yeah, because that's true it doesn't let them counter. So it's just going to, you play Lear and then it's just a battle of, uh, what's, what's the card called that bounces 
Oh, does, oh divide, divide by, by zero. Divide by zero. I always forget the name of that card because I hate it. <laughs> uh, although this Grixis list isn't even playing divide. By no, zero. it's not, and it's it's also not main decking burning hands, which is um, one of the the. It's just like it's cool to see. I like the Grixis list because it has accurately. Well, I mean, they all brought it together, so they accurately figured out right. what the majority well, at least of the be good against each other. yeah so they'll be good against yeah. each other which is hilarious yeah. they're like all right guys let's build a deck that is going to be good against the field but also good against each other and we'll just see yeah. who's the best and that's like that's literally what they did and you're like okay cool um yeah it's pretty cool. great <laughs> uh also i love the three cyclone summoners in the sideboard um which is just great against the creature decks just like Boom. Balance everything. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Are there any, like, random giants or something, though, out of mono green? Um, I don't, not. I don't think so. And there aren't any wizards either, which is funny to see that they do have wizards that, w it, like, you can play the Cyclone Summoner and it won't bounce your Leer because that's a wizard. Yeah. Or your Malevolent Hermit if you, for some reason, have both of those in. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is just... Mind Flare is also a house against mono green. That was part of the reason my Bant deck beat the crap out of mono green because i had main deck mind flares oh and you just get to steal all their big shit um mm -hmm. yeah yeah there aren't any there's just a bunch of like trolls and shit um yeah but no main deck burning hands makes sense to me here um not only do you have black removal to deal with big stuff mm -hmm. like you have a power word kill kind of snuck in there a blood chief's thirst but clearly you bring this deck because you think is it epiphany is is the top deck mm -hmm. and so it does like, you don't main deck Burning Hands because you don't think Mono Green is going to be the most represented deck. You yeah. Think is it is. The thing is, they didn't even bring Burning Hands at all. Like, yeah. it's not even in the sideboard. Yeah, it, you don't need it when you have the black. That's uh, true. You have Power Word Kill and Soul mm -hmm. Shatter. So, like, why would you? Um, but, yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm new to this Grixis deck, so I'm kind of excited to see it play out. That's uh, Yeah, I've never seen this. I think this is new tech for this tournament because I've never seen anyone bring this. Yeah, and so this is one point. Before we, we move on to the next one, um, this was a big part of the leak was being like, oh, this Grixis deck is a thing, and it's a big part of the field, and they were obviously working really hard to keep it a secret because Gab Nassif mm -hmm. wasn't playing it on a stream, and, and they were all of them were trying to keep it a secret. And somebody was tweeting about the Jeskai Mutate deck from a while back that was uh, taking one of the pro tours by storm. Um, mm -hmm. When was that? Was it a, was it a league weekend or was it a, a pro tour? I can't remember. Or no, what, that was a championship. The championship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they had a similar thing happen and they were talking, one of the teammates that was working on that list was talking about how they were trying to keep it a secret. And after they had submitted deck lists, one of the commentators was writing their wizards article, or whatever, like what we're going to see Jeez, or whatever. Yeah. And like had basically like ninety five percent of the actual deck that was submitted was basically the same list as what they had submitted. And being like, why are you putting us on blast like a few days before That's the ridiculous. tournament? Yeah. When this wasn't a deck that was really around in other things. Like you only learned about this deck because we submitted this deck to you. And it's like yeah. how it's a weird way of like the wizards or the people working with wizards is trying to make it seem like they already knew about this deck that was coming into it. But the point of the deck was to be really confusing and that your opponent didn't really know what you were doing until you had already done it. So, right. and it really puts them at a disadvantage when 
you know about that and it just it really sucks and so this isn't all this isn't just the first time that this has happened this year is basically what i'm getting that's at. yeah i mean it's like you were saying earlier like you just don't want to punish people for bringing new creative decks like yeah otherwise people will stop doing it <laughs> and and i mean obviously these kinds of events are, are in a down tick because we know we don't know what's going to happen and so mm-hmm. people are not investing as much. But this is one of the things that people, obviously worlds, people are still investing a lot of time and energy and like their livelihoods into this thing. And we should double check if you clicked the thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of Paulo and Sam's mono green deck? So I was surprised by this one because I didn't think that they were going to be playing... Um, the two mana. Well, you had talked about this. Uh, I don't know if it was last week, but but just talking about the uh, the two mana ramp creatures. So you were saying Lotus mm-hmm. Cobra with Seth Manfield is playing Lotus Cobra, but Sam Pardee and yeah. Paolo Vito Domino Rosa are playing Sculptor of Winter, um, right? Which is probably better in the deck actually, because if your old growth troll dies, it will go on a land, and then you have this double tapper. Um, Oh, that's true. So yeah. that seems like the reason you would go for Sculptor of Winter instead of Lotus Cobra. Um, also mm-hmm. because you have guaranteed ramp where Lotus Cobra, you have to have a land. Yeah, and, and you can't use it on your opponent's turn, the extra mana from Lotus Cobra. That's true. So you, you can't like hold up a Snakeskin Veil or a Blizzard Brawl or something. Yeah, well, you can't play... that. Blizzard Brawl is a sorcery, but you, you can't do the Inscription oh, of Abundance yeah. or whatever. But um, sure. the only yeah. reason I know this is because I've been playing Mono Green recently, and I always want to use Blizzard Brawl on their turn, and I can't, so... <laughs> I never knew that. Like, when I was playing in the tournament, I was like, why does my opponent keep main-phasing their Blizzard Brawl? Like, that would have been way better to blow me out if they'd hold it. Held it. <laughs> Um, now I know. Now you My know. My opponent was not bad. They, were they just weren't allowed. They, they, they knew um, what their cards did. Or Arena <laughs> just doesn't let you, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, also Sculptor of Winter is two toughness, um, which mm-hmm. there are some spike field uh, traps. Spike field hazard? That's what I was thinking is the main thing is mm-hmm. like both Tangled Floor Hedron and uh, the Cobra mm-hmm. get hit by spike field uh, hazard. And Sculptor of Winter does not. Exactly. Um, with these decks, I think the really fun... I don't know if they're both playing it, but um, the that uh, Death Touch... The 1-1 Death Touch from Zendikar Rising, the Blightblade, um, mm-hmm. playing that in the sideboard to go with the Blizzard Brawl is kind of fun. I was, like, surprised yeah, to, to see something like that. It just wasn't... It just seems like such a simple thing that I wasn't expecting it. Um, and I would never do it. I would, I would always just think like, oh, that's, that's probably not very good. I'm a little surprised to see just two Ren and Sevens, but that most lists I've seen play four. Yeah. And this list plays two and then there's one in the sideboard and I think Seth plays three. Mm-hmm. Um, so neither of the mono green decks, which I kind of get because you don't want to have multiples in your opening hand. Yeah. He's just playing three with no in the sideboard. So, and then one unnatural growth, because a lot of people decide between Ren and Seven and unnatural growth as their five drop, mm-hmm. and Seth's like, I'll play both. I'll play both. Unnatural growth is great. I think that card's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's better against other creature decks, where when you're, mono, when you're playing the mono green deck and you have a mirror match, you need to be bigger than their mono green deck, because right. that's the reason why mono green's good, is because it's bigger. Um, so... 
either it's the you slam this down and then kill them when they thought they had an extra turn or we'll see i wanted to do some work but uh because you know sam and uh paolo aren't playing it so they are playing choose your weapon in their sideboard though which was also surprising to me um <laughs> i don't even remember what this card does <laughs> it's a it's a like sideboard card from draft that you just never played um right but it's like the instant two and a green you can double target creatures power and toughness or deal five damage to a creature with flying so mm. i've seen other mono green lists that play the the two mana one uh tangle trap yeah tangle trap and um so they're they're playing that and you're like oh sweet so that blows up uh it's good in the mirror because it, it can destroy an artifact so it kills the chariot and then also deals five to any of the dragons. Um, but this one's like, hey, either I'm going to kill you, I guess, or kill a dragon. I guess they just figured artifact destruction wasn't that relevant. Yeah, which won't. It's true because they, it's super unhelpful in these epiphany decks, which are they're like, I don't give a shit. And like the Grixis yeah. ones, I guess you can get rid of the Celestis, but <laughs> like... Yeah, is that worth stuff. a card? <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. I mean, mono green's just amazing because it's both fast, but also like has built-in card advantage and ranger class and werewolf pack leader and mm -hmm. like all the cards are just so good. Like it's just such a high power level for for a mono colored deck. Like mono colored decks shouldn't have this this level of card quality. You know? Yeah, and this like uh, reach. not to mention all the you can play up to eight creature lands if you want like mm -hmm. there's just uh, a lot to like about this deck yeah on the other hand we have mono white aggro the other mono colored aggro deck that uh two japanese players brought rei sato and yoshihiku ikawa uh i i know you like mono white so what do you think of, of that decision i was expecting some mono white i really like this list though because it's um a lot different than what i've been playing and i've been slowly not liking the version i was playing um, so I'll probably be playing this for a little bit. Um, but the main things that I liked about it were they're playing all the stuff we've been talking about in our worthless slots. They have brutal Cathar in the sideboard. They have curse of silence in the sideboard and guardian of faith. And I'm just like, right, <laughs> this is sick. These, like, I wanted to see these, like, I wanted to see pro players play with these cards and they're going to play with them. Like it's, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm really happy with that. The, the addition or playing Stonebinders Familiar is so interesting. Um, mm -hmm. You just need another one drop, I think. Yeah. <coughs> but, but but this one specifically, because... So this is the spirit dog from Strixhaven, that whenever mm -hmm. a, one or more cards are put into exile during your turn, put a plus one plus one counter on it. And you can only do it once a turn. Um, which is interesting because it really works just with like your portable hole... And then your elite spellbinder, um, right? And, and then, if you side in your brutal cathars or skyblade yeah, apparition, then you get some extra value and stuff. But um, it's obviously doing a different thing that I've been doing, which is a lot of the the mono white stuff where I'm trying to double spell to to go wide. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's interesting. I want to see it play out. I liked this card when they were playing it in adventures. So your obviously your adventure cards, you exile them when they're on a, an adventure. So that was something I really enjoyed with it. This seems to not utilize that as much, and it's just really, like you're saying, another one drop that has some synergies. Yeah, and I, I have my eye on Sun Gold Sentinel here. That card actually impressed me when I played against this deck over the weekend. I actually lost a game where my opponent just 
puts played Sun Gold Sentinel and then Luminar Casperin, <laughs> and just put kept putting counters on it and making it unblockable every turn. And I didn't draw a removal spell for it, and I just died. Yeah, but. that is good. <laughs> it also deals with a big part of Epiphany if you ever get to that point is you can exile their galvanic uh, iteration in the graveyard. Right. Which is... Well, memory Deluge, too. Yeah, in Memory Deluge. Yeah, yeah. Which is a big part of that plan, and that's why the Grixis decks are playing the Goblinks to exile their graveyards. So... I guess that triggers Stonebinders Familiar as well. Oh, that is true. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about the graveyard. Oh, okay. So if you go Stonebinders Familiar into Sungold Sentinel, you start triggering it, right? That's true. As long as there's anything in the graveyard. Yeah. From uh, And you can just do your own stuff if you want to. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. I do like that. Never mind. That makes a bit more sense now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I don't know what the matchup against Izzet is. I, I assume it's got to be decent because you have three main deck Redains, four main deck Elite Spellbinders. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, you also have like Fateful Absence, which sucks. <laughs> Portable Hole, which sucks. Which sucks. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I think it's probably pretty play draw dependent. Yeah, it, it, I think it very much is. And if you can squeeze under... I guess they're playing... Their wipes are like, burn down the house. Um, mm -hmm. Nobody's playing Battle of Frost and Fire, right? Yeah, I think burn down the house just turned out to be better because you can copy it with Galvanic Iteration. That's true. Also, it comes in a pinch whenever, you know... Uh, whenever you need three one ones that just deal damage. The amount of times where I'm like, okay, if I run you over, I win. But also, I'm going to die. <laughs> from this fucking thing so yeah well it's the thing where if you copy Alrun's epiphany and you untap and you copy burn down the house then that's exactly 20 because you get four birds and six devils over two turns that's so annoying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey good job that's 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 good yeah it's strong well very strong <laughs> Sucka, I gained one life at some point. You suck. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then you just die on the next turn, I guess, so. Yeah, you're still probably going to lose. Or, you know, if they see that, they just burn down the house and just wipe all your creatures. and then. Yeah. Or they, like, kill their own devil to deal the extra point. That's true. That is also true. Fuck. So annoying. Anyway. So that's the kind of the bulk, right? And then we have a few one-ofs. Yeah, a couple one-ofs. Um... Which, I mean, it's always fun to be like, oh, wow, you brought this, like, fun little deck that's different. Yeah. Jean-Emmanuel brought the Moist Gruel, uh, and it's yes, a really interesting build. It. It's like, I was hoping it's like ramping it. into Moonvale Regent, I guess? So it's playing the Magda Jespera Sentinel, like, super ramp package. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, like you said, just splashing blue for Negate, basically, and some disdainful strokes in the sideboard. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a build of Gruel I've never seen, like... It's not even playing Renin 7. No. It's choosing to play Goldspan Dragon in that spot instead. And Keswick Nationalist. Which might be a good decision against all the Epiphany decks. Like, it, the problem with Goldspan Dragon is that your opponents play Renin 7, and mm -hmm. it just runs into the Tree Folk and dies. But if there's not a lot of green decks here, so yeah, there's not a lot of Renin 7s around. There's a good... And they're not even playing four copies, so mm -hmm. you might be able to just like dodge that. Yeah, there's something like nine in the whole nine run and sevens in the whole tournament, and two of them are in the sideboard. So yeah, so that's maybe great. It was a good call. I think so. Maybe maybe he pegged the meta game exactly. I mean, he must think this has a good epiphany matchup if he's bringing it. So yeah, because I'm kind of rooting for him. I I want this gruel deck to do well. Yeah, wait, rooting for him enough that you would try to well, pick we'll him. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> 
Um, and then we mentioned Noriyuki Mori on Blue White. Uh, really cool deck. This deck looks freaking sweet. Yeah, I just I kind of want to like play this. If I had the cards for it, I would just uh, build it. I think I'm missing like the adversaries, though spectral adversary and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, I don't have this. The spectral ones, but um, I don't know if I want to blow a bunch of mythic wild cards on it. But <laughs> oh, I would definitely do it. This looks like the yeah. I like. It just looks sweet. I don't know. I love the yeah. the concerted defense is yeah. such a fun <laughs> ad because like I'm looking through these cards, being like, why are you playing this? But then it's like, okay, well, all right. There's a cleric. There's another cleric. There's a wizard. All right. Oh, there's a soul. No, that's a soldier. There's a warrior though, and you're like, okay, um, this is pretty. This is pretty nice. I didn't... Uh... It's not like... He has a lot of stuff that doesn't do anything for party. Like Yeah. The adversaries are nothing. The Warhound. Brutal Cathar, like you mentioned. Redain. It but, doesn't have that much. That's going to be a force spike a lot of the time. Yeah, but it's also a force spike. So mm -hmm. I was already talking about how much Jaswari Disruption just like really ruined my day. So mm -hmm. I feel like, you know... I guess it's not unreasonable to get it uh, to be like spell pierce where it makes them uh dude for two play pay two yeah yeah so it's spell pierce most of the time in this deck I guess. yeah i think so also the so the brutal cathars are interesting which i was saying that i liked before but they're really strong against um the gruel matchup tokens because they're good against tokens right um because i was definitely playing with brutal cathar against a rakdos deck and I had a, so many things under it. It was amazing until they killed it, and then they got them all back. I was like, oh. Right, I was going to say, Rakdos seems likely to kill it, though. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, sweet. So here's all your stuff back. Also, all your ETBs trigger again, so have fun. And I'm just like, concede? <laughs> this is horrible for me. Um, but, you know, this deck is fun because, like, it's playing kind of... It has, like, this look of a mono-white deck, but then it also has the malevolent hermits to like deal with this these epiphany decks. Plus, you're right. playing your own Allrun's Epiphany if you need an extra combat just to kill them. So, I don't know. I I I like it. You know, it it has a lot of like counter magic, or at least some. Um, so it it, uh, it might be able to. It's very disruptive, right? Yeah. The spellbinders, the redains, and then the adversaries, and even like. Uh you know, malevolent hermit, uh, you have your spell pierces or concerted defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I'm really excited to see how this deck does. I hope it does well. Yeah. Cause it's cool. It's super cool. Like, and it's, you know, probably besides mono white aggro, the, the second deck I would want to play. Um, yeah. Yeah. If I had those adversaries, I would, I would fire this up for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, so the last deck we're going to talk about uh, is Yuta Takahashi's Is It Dragons deck. Um, and so this is the one, they're not actually playing uh, Galazeth Prismari. So that's part of the reason why we're not going to call it Prismari Dragons, because there's no right. Prismari here. I think they've mostly, like the Dragons players have mostly cut Galazeth mm -hmm. at this point for Smoldering Egg. Yeah, so Yuta Takahashi is famous for playing tempo decks. That's what he's good at. He you know, played rogues through pretty much the whole last season. Uh, he's famous for, like, playing fairies back in the day. Mm -hmm. He's famous for bringing fairies to every tournament, even when fairies wasn't a good deck and still doing well. And I think maybe the same thing's going on here. Like, I think Is It Dragons is a bad deck. I think it's not tier one in the current format. 
but he's so good with these styles of decks that he must have decided it's worth it for him to bring, you know, what is a weaker deck, like, on pure power level than everyone else, but it fits his play style perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can see that it uh, isn't as, like, powerful as some of these other Epiphany decks where you're taking two turns, but this one still takes one, <laughs> you know? Like... Yeah, I mean, my main issue with this deck is it gets <clears throat> it gets massacred by Mono Green. And so that's why it did so badly in the Star City Games event. It had like a 32% win rate or something. Yeah. And I maybe he also predicted there wouldn't be that much mono green because I figure the matchup's probably okay against is it turns. Yeah. Uh, because you can pressure them and then hold up counter magic. Like for me, this deck, I just hate it because it's, it's so good if you have a goldspan dragon and it's so bad if you don't. And it feels like my opponents always have the Goldspan Dragon plus four counter spells in their hands to mm-hmm. just counter everything I do for the rest of the game. But then some games it just doesn't do anything at all, you know? They just expressive like iteration. Just spinning its wheels. Yeah. And, yeah, using Allrun's Epiphany to just take an extra turn and make some chump blockers. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, Yuta is an absolute master with these types of decks. So uh, I wouldn't count him out, even though I think on paper he has my least favorite deck in the tournament. For me, like I would never play this, but for him, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, obviously, we'll have to see. I mean, we're not we're no pros, so you know, um, we just get yeah. to watch, which is fun, and uh, not be stressed out about our decks being leaked. Um, but I think it like probably matches up well against the actual field, so um, or it does all right. Though I'm hoping for some uh, some other spicy things to to pump through instead. So. We'll have to see. Um, but Jeff, I mean, like, I'm getting low on my beer, and I'm pretty ready to just draft and get our final teams going, so. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do that. All right. We're going <laughs> on a beer break. Zap! <laughs> Bianca. So elegant. Yes. Uh, I'm excited for this beer because I feel like I've had an Omni Polo that I really didn't like. And then another okay. one that I did like, so now this hopefully will be one that I do like. They don't hold back, you know. They don't. <laughs> Jeff, you know it. You know what time it is. Oh, it's time for the final fantasy. It's the final fantasy. All right, it's getting me hyped. It's getting me hyped. We gotta get there. So. Let's do you just have like, the ceremonial tuning? Of course I do. Of course. Like, yeah. you, you th- who do you think I am? Um, I just want I just want everyone to to remember the the gravity of this moment right here. Yes. So, yes. going through, we should have probably recapped what we did, but basically, um, through all the league weekends and all the set championships, we have been drafting fantasy teams to see who is going to win a twenty four case of beer. That is curated for each individual beer is weird. Weird is just different than the the last. Yeah. Hand picked by the loser, given to the winner. Yeah. And I'm I'm ready for for those beers, Jeff. I hope you've been saving yeah. up because <laughs> we're gonna know by next week who wins, unless we tie again. <laughs> oh my god! If we tie again, that's <laughs> yeah. So, so we did seven events. And finished 3-3-1. Three, three, so that's why we had to move 
to the World Championship and set up the Final Fantasy. We tied on the seventh and final event. It was the most just ridiculous thing. So unlikely to yeah, tie so one of these things. We have talked about this. We are very excited for this event. However, I was kind of ready for Fantasy to be over at the last one. So um, yeah. I am finally ready for this. We've been waiting since like July to do this. So yeah. here we go. Jeff, as always, I'm going to flip the ceremonial toonie. You will say whether it's going to be heads or tails in the air, and then that person will start. We are going to draft all of the players, so no players left on the table. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. You ready to call it? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Tails. It's tails. You... Yes, it never fails. There are so many times where it doesn't come up tails. I cannot believe. Yeah, almost half the time. Oh my god, that's a bummer. All right, almost is because sometimes it lands on its side. (laughs) When I catch it in my hand and flip it on the back of my other one. All right, Jeff. Well, how do I know you weren't using a weighted coin though? You know, it's a actually this coin is it's tails on both sides. Actually, dang it. Why have I been using this? Yeah, you shouldn't have showed me that. Okay, um, Jeff, you get to go first. Who would you like to pick with your first choice? All right. For my first choice, I will be choosing a Magic Hall of Famer, two-time Pro Tour champion, 17 top finishes, the current reigning world champion, and I think he could do it again, the greatest player of all time, Paulo Vitor, Damo de Rosa, a.k.a. Paula Vito. <laughs> Paula Vito. Okay. Paula Vito. Um, I got scared for a second. I thought you were going to take who I was going to take. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but sure. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I, I was excited for Paulo at first, but now I don't know with the mono green how things uh-huh. are going to shake out. Um, but we will see. We will see. Um, this is kind of fun. We haven't ever been able to draft players when we actually know what they're playing. So... Um, yeah, that is interesting. New things, new things. So with my first pick um, for the championship, uh, this is also a Magic Hall of Famer, a two-time Pro Tour champion with 15 top finishes, okay? And this That's is it? a French player that always wears a yellow hat, Gabriel Nassif. Yes. I feel like that's always number one and number two for us. It is. You know, and the, we, we kind of needed to keep it up because it wouldn't be fantasy yeah. if those weren't number one and number two. Um, but now it starts to get a little bit harder. So where where are you? I think I'm locked and loaded. Okay. It seems I have an opposite strategy to you. So, okay. I will be selecting with my number two pick another Magic Hall of Famer. Ten top finishes. You know, not quite the 17 from our first pick, but 10 is pretty, pretty good. He's also a former world champion, the 2015 Magic World Champion. Damn it. And he is known for keeping unkeepable hands, Seth Manfield. All right. That was my... He was either going to be first or second. And now I'm in a tough spot. I'm on Team Mono Green, baby. I know. Um... I think you've kind of put me in a corner here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do something I didn't want to do, but you know, here I think we go. I know who you might be taking. So this is someone that's got four top finishes, fifteen Grand Prix top eights, 
I knew it. And it was the winner of the Strixhaven Championship, Sam Party. Mm-hmm. Yes, you had to take the other mono green. Player. I gotta get, you know, I gotta get in there. You can't just take all the the mono green players because then if mono green explodes, I don't have any anybody in that race. So that was my thing. These were gonna be my first three picks if you didn't. I was just gonna take all the mono green players. <laughs> all right, now. That was my only real strategy that I'd written up, so now I have to think. So, I like, there are players that I was like, I really want to play them, and that was the big, like, I really don't know how great that matchup really is. I I mean, obviously we're going to find out. I'm a believer in mono green. All right. <clears throat> I, I think thought the I cards would... are just too good, and the deck is too consistent for a mono color deck. Yeah. Speaking of which... That leads to my next choice. Oh, God. Maybe a bit of a surprise. <laughs> but this player has five Grand Prix top eights, two of which were wins. He absolutely dominated in the MPL, at, especially at the start, and ended up qualifying through the MPL gauntlet by absolutely crushing it with uh, the Jess Guy mutate deck. I'm going to pick Ray Sato. Oh, man. Wow, going seconds really, really <laughs> fucking me up right here. Because, um, yeah, I guess it's more of a, a, a grab to to see who gets the, the players. Because, like, there's so many Is It Epiphany and Grixis Epiphany players that, like, it's it doesn't matter as much. Because you're going to get them no matter what. So, once again, I feel like I'm in a tough spot. What am I going to do? <laughs> What's going to happen? I think what I'm really going to have to do is uh, I'm just going to go back... I'm taking a, a player that has three top finishes, has qualified for the MPL gauntlet. through. That's how they got to the, the place that they're at. And they're um, a World Magic Cup winner from 2018, Jean-Emmanuel Deprat. Ooh, interesting. Betting on that teamer, mm-hmm. or moist gruel, as some people call it. Yeah, moist gruel. Okay, I think I'm, com- I'm comfortable with, with my next pick here. I am going to be selecting the player who absolutely dominated the Rivals League. I mean, this guy just couldn't stop winning the whole Rivals League. He has eight Grand Prix top eights, and of course he qualified through the Rivals League because he won it. And I will take Ely Cassis. Mm, That's a good one. Ely Cassis has been on an absolute tear. Mm -hmm. And I like this Grixis deck. Think it should have the edge against the is it? Yeah, I also like this Grixis deck. So I think I'm gonna go back to it with um, with this pick. This is a player that's been on my team many times. Um, maybe mm-hmm. fallen short a couple, but I'm, I'm willing to come back uh, to it. It's a player with four top finishes and um, qualified for Worlds during the Rivals regular season it took a couple tries but got there this is matt sperling yeah another player that dominated the rivals league yeah just weekend after weekend and just like kept yeah, falling from like day one and yeah. just like kept falling short like just by a just like you know first place gets in he's second you know over and over yeah. again <laughs> just kept happening so um obviously he's a phenomenal player so i'm i'm, I'm happy to to have him all right Although I don't like this next player's deck list, he's one undisputably one of the best players in the world. 
Um, I made a mistake not picking him earlier, and he went on an absolute tear, and that's how he qualified for this event. So I'm not going to make the same mistake again. I'm going to choose Andre Strosky, the winner of mm-hmm. the MPL regular season. The first person to qualify for this event. That's um, correct. I don't know if I love the deck choice, but Andre is so good that it may not matter. Mm-hmm. That's true. <sighs> you know, I think I want to... I'm going to give props to this person. It's been it's been kind of shitty for, for them the last... Uh, last couple weeks um they've been kind of tossed around by watsi uh their name has been written down incorrectly several times oh, in uh, yeah. multiple uh write-ups for even this incorrectly event. just like the wrong it's name. just it's just a wrong the wrong person um yeah. and it happened a couple times and uh not even a typo you know they just put the wrong name <laughs> yeah it's just uh really bums me out and because of that i really wanted to make sure i had this person on my team just to show them mm-hmm. support because you know they have two top finishes uh five grand prix top eights uh they also love fast and grindy aggro decks and i also love things like that um mm-hmm. so yoshihiku ikawa come on over let's i was do gonna some... take him to shore up the mono yeah white. let's do some mono white stuff I almost took him last pick too. I was thinking about push it one more round. I was thinking about picking him instead of Matt Sperling, and then I switched. But I also was thinking about taking Andre Strosky instead, and then there you go. Yeah, I made your decision easy. Mm -hmm. Ah, you look. Your team looks so stacked, though. I'm liking my team, but I feel like both teams are stacked. Yeah, it's true. I mean, obviously they made it to world. So, Um, all right. So the next pick, I. I just want him on my team, to be honest. Mm. Uh, he's known for bringing his own brews, and he did so <laughs> in this event. He hasn't been playing Magic for less than three years. That's kind of crazy. Um, but he still has over 25,000 matches on MTG Arena. And he, he describes his days as eight hours of Magic, eight hours of research, and eight hours of sleep. And so I will be selecting blue-white tempo in the hands of Noriyuki Mori. Not only he's he's played more matches on arena than like any other person, like yeah, <laughs> I mean twenty five thousand that doesn't surprise me. It's insane. It's just like like a new player that's just like you know what I'm in love with this thing. I'm going to be the the best I can possibly be, and I made it to mm-hmm. worlds. That's crazy. And the yeah, guts to just be, to be like oh you know I'm just gonna bring my own deck. <laughs> it's like fuck yeah because he he learned on his own at home right mm-hmm. so he's not influenced by other people yeah what decks they like you know um and i i like the deck that was one i was hoping i could wait a little bit longer to to grab but i was worried i was Mm -hmm. worried that if i pushed it that you would take Mm him so uh the next person i'm gonna take is someone i was thinking you might have been talking about with this last one um but i'm Mm -hmm. a really big fan of this player um they just busted out and it like really changed the way I, st- I was thinking about a lot of these things and they felt closer to me than some of the other players felt they felt a little too um just like the accolades that they had won were just felt very out of reach but this player has uh seven grand prix top eights already and also was the winner of the call time championship arna oh. hushenbet uh nice. i just want arna on my team i've been rooting for he's arna. such a like a lovable dude you know? oh you just it, want to root for him. His stream is also so nice. 
Yeah, um, exactly. He's just such a nice guy. Yeah, I remember the one time. So on Twitch, my name is Regular Zach for the Arena Regulars, and I had jumped mm-hmm. on and and like followed him or, or subscribed or whatever. And he was like, "Oh, thanks, Regular Zach." He's like, "I don't think you're a Regular Zach. I think you're an awesome Zach." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you're so <That's> cool." Right. <laughs> As so he's wholesome. like, "Yeah, so just very wholesome." Um, so I just want to, I want to root for him and I want to make sure that I don't have to worry about like, oh, but also Jeff has him on his team, uh, you know? Yeah. And I remember that championship that he won, like he was unbelievable how well he played. I couldn't, like, I was watching and I just couldn't believe any of the plays he was making and he was always right. And obviously yeah. he won. So it was, yeah. Like you said, he changed the way I thought about playing rogues. You know, a lot of decisions I thought were automatic were not. Because mm-hmm. he wasn't doing them. And it's also, <laughs> like, just watching him reminded me that when I get in a slump of, like, oh, this matchup, I'm fucked, I can sit back mm-hmm. and be like, I don't have to play this on the turn I would normally play it. I can wait right. <laughs> to get past the thing that I'm worried about. Throw off my, throws off my curve, but also my opponents, and maybe that's and maybe I, for me. I do better because my spells are cheaper. That whole right. thing. Anyway... Yeah, um, I mean, he was so, so good. He's so good. Um, if you haven't seen it, go go back and watch him win uh, the uh, the Call Time Championship because it is masterful. And you love him because he brought auras for the historic. Fight. Yes. <laughs> love it. <laughs> so good. Oh, man. I don't I have no idea who to pick. There's still so many. All of these players are so good. Yeah. Isn't that great? I mean, not like the ones yeah. that we picked before weren't great, but um, right. yeah. <laughs> uh, these specifically are you know, the cream of the crown. For sure. And, and I'm wondering, like, now we're kind of getting to the point where I don't know these players' limited abilities. So before, it's like I know some people are kind of good at limited, too, and that is three rounds of the event. Mm-hmm. So um, now I'm just like, well, I don't know. Are these people good at limited? It also had a competitive limited tournament in years. Well, how would we know? <laughs> how would we know how these people... Because are good at limited or not like you can just guess i guess or you can watch their stream if they play limited but um, all right so it's a 50 50 for me i think i'm gonna go this way just on the standard deck that they brought mm. uh, but this is an old time magic pro he was famous because he won his first pro tour he ever played in at the age of 17 then he took some time off came back to the game and starting from a challenger has now just worked his way back to worlds he's just like a magic phenom i guess because he Whenever he comes back, he just wins. And so I'm going to pick Jan Moritz Merkel. All right. Um, all right. Well, if you're going that way, I think I'm just going to go with, uh, you know, you have one per- I'm just going to say it. They, they have some great accolades, three top finishes, and um, was the winner of Pro Tour. Pro- they were the winner of Pro Tour Return to Ravnica, but... They are part of the Czech house, Stanislav Sivka. Um, if you have Ridiculous one... Ridiculous that he's still on the board. I know. I've been trying to pick him up for a, a couple times now, but after you had Andre, I wasn't sure if you're going to get both. So I thought I could push mm-hmm. it a little bit. Um, but, you know... That was, that was why I was holding off. Yeah. Because I don't want to, like, commit to... If they brought a bad deck, then I'm screwed. But So hopefully, traditionally, th- uh, Andre has been the better player. Um, but... Uh, but we'll see. I, 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 I'm interested. I'm interested to see what happens. I don't know. Stan killed the Rivals League, though, too. Yeah. So. so, all right. Definitely interesting. Well, you know, you get the last pick because after that I get whatever is left. So who do you want right. to go with? 
I, All right, so there are two Japanese players left. Mm-hmm. One brought is it turns. One brought is it dragons. You know what? I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna trust in his tempo playing abilities. I don't like his deck, but I think he's a he's a master of it. And so I'm gonna pick Yuta Takahashi to round out my team. Yeah. So I get Kaisuke Sato. Um, okay, I like this. This is gonna be so fun. I think this is gonna be great. The only issue is that you know this weekend is. Canadian Thanksgiving. That, that is true. So, so um, it's gonna be tough to watch it, but uh, not only that, I'll but my, best. my fiance's family is coming into town, so mm-hmm. it's gonna be really hard to watch it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just be like, hey, no, I'm gonna lock myself in the mm-hmm. bedroom and I got a world championship. My, to watch. my phone is on. I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm just seeing what are they picking for draft? Oh, really? Oh, they're playing oh. red white. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So anyway, what I was trying to say earlier is that um, the uh, the format is is ten rounds to see who goes mm-hmm. to the top four, and the first three rounds are limited, and then after that, the seven after that are going to be standard, obviously, uh, which is what we've been talking about the whole time. If you want to know more about the limited and the draft stuff, listen to our last episode because we break some stuff down for you. But it does mean that the you know the first players two seven wins immediately get to like go right to the top four they just move into the mm-hmm. yeah so and then it's like the double elimination bracket thing again right yeah they've been doing. so the top four is going to be like the top bracket and the bottom bracket so it'll be like um top bracket bracket is best of three bottom bracket is best of three matches including the championship match uh okay. which is what they normally do just for the championship match so there will be some, you know, when you're fighting to get back into the, the game, it's mm-hmm. going to be pretty grueling. Um, <laughs> or teamering, I guess. Uh, yeah. For, or moist grueling. Yeah, moist grueling. Um, but it does mean that your limited, like, output could be m- extremely important. Because if you get if you got 3-0 yeah. in limited, then you only need four wins in your standard deck. So... Um, Conversely, if you go 0-3, you have to win every match, right? Yeah. So standard. Maybe we, this is something we should have thought about before we drafted our players. For I was thinking about it. Paulo's a great drafter. That's part of the. Yeah, I mean Gab's also a great drafter. So, but yeah, Seth, I mean with those two guys, they're just so good. But Seth is also a very good drafter. That's true. I don't know how good Sam is. Hmm. Maybe I should have thought. A little uh, bit I think he's there. probably pretty good. I'm assuming they're <laughs> like all there are no good. bad drafters. No. Here, yeah. Uh, and the just... interesting thing is that it's best of three, right? So some stuff that we know to be that we've learned about the format might not actually apply because sideboarding does change things. That's true, but I just don't know how much of a difference sideboarding in draft is really gonna <laughs> make it like because this specific draft format doesn't feel super bomby. And usually mm-hmm. it's really helpful in best of three to know what your opponent's bombs are. But if you know their deck is general good card quality, it can, mm-hmm. how, how do you beat that? So, yeah, totally. I, I mean, know. I think, um, what's that card we always make fun of? Thraben Exorcism? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's true. Like, that's okay. a real card. If, mm-hmm. if Like, blue-white is the best deck in the format, in my opinion. I think blue-black's easier to get a decent version of but when you get the good version blue white's the best yeah um partially because it farms blue black like it's so easy to beat blue black with blue white uh, but if there's 
if people are just picking up three, like, last pick Thraben exorcisms in their sideboard, maybe blue-white isn't quite as good, because that card's actually good against blue-white. Yeah. It's like, which is the reason why we think it's funny, because it's like, hey, here's a white card that's good against white decks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, classic white, just uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta balance it out. Hey, if you're playing white, you can also kill white, so... Um, mm-hmm. as opposed to black that used to not and ever... used to gruel werewolves with three Thraven exorcisms. Yeah, and <laughs> you're like, great. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see. Um, Jeff, do we want to just like read off our fantasy teams just to uh, remind everyone who uh, yeah, who's on whose team? Yeah, yeah, So I'll go first. My my first pick was PVDDR, Palavitra Damodorosa. Then I have Seth Manfield, Ray Sato, Ili Cassis, Andre Strasky, Noriyuki Mori, Jan Moritz Merkel and Yuta Takahashi. Mm, very nice. Too bad that my team's better with Gabriel Nassif, oh. Sam Pardee, uh, Jean Emmanuel Depra, Matt Sperling, Yoshihiku Ikawa, Arne Hushimbet, Stanislav Sivka, and Kaisuke Sato. So. Just realized my team is so like, uh, like I guess it's the world championships, right? But I have two Americans, a Brazilian three Japanese players, a German player, like, and a Czech player. Like. <laughs> yeah, I have some French guys and some, a couple Americans. Yeah, your team France over there with Cassif yeah. and Dupont. That's true. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see who wins, but um, I'm excited. I'm also thirsty. I'm thirsty for those beers. Better give me something <laughs> good. Well, or you can give me a bunch some of, of them will be good some, some of them will not, not be good, good. <laughs> alright I'm ready for it there are a few beers that I know you hate that I might have to add in there mm, interesting <laughs> interesting well um, whatever you want to add to it you know beer's beer right so even if it's bronze I will uh, happily take a video of me pouring it down the drain just to be like you bought this <laughs> and I'm throwing yeah. it away <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think you could beat this this dream squad I have. So, mm. I think that uh, some of the underdogs here are gonna really pump. I mean, you have the you have the ultimate underdog, but I have more underdogs in general. So, I yeah, think uh, that's right. I think I got uh, <laughs> I got something. It's gonna be interesting for sure. Noriyuki Moro, he, he he brought a cool deck or whatever, but he's gonna get fucking creamed and limited and get creamed in the whole. <laughs> I I hope he I hope he knows this draft. I hope he knows how to draft. Zero wins. He's probably drafted more than anyone else. Zero wins. <laughs> He's going to get... Oh, yeah. So, um, this is important. So, we should talk about this. The point structure. We're going real simple Oh, with this. for our Final Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the point structure is literally just going to be, you know, you get a point for each match you win. Right? That's what we're, that's what we're going with. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, tiebreakers will be... We'll have to have tiebreakers. We'll probably go back and look at how you won your matches. If it was 2-0 or... Um, Two one, but uh, I don't know. Maybe if it's tied, like whoever's player won the event wins. There, well, okay. Because one of our players is gonna win the event. Exactly. So that yeah, okay, that that's true. One of our players will win. Okay, I like that. That makes sense. Uh, are we doing extra points for top four? Uh, I don't think we need to, right? It's unnecessary. They're they're gonna play more games. They'll get more wins. Yeah, like, it's not uh, it's not as important as um with the championships. I think. Now, do um, we want to do the metagame guessing challenge? Mm, yeah, so for draft, I think that... Uh, <laughs> should we try to guess the metagame for draft? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Because this will be different. So a lot of times they have like... Do they actually curate those packs? Or 
No, they they just they just open them and check that nobody's like it's online or how are they doing it? They're going to do it online for this event. But normally okay. you're sitting at a table and all the cards are stamped. Um, and they're yeah, not in actual they, they packs. They check it to make sure you're not like adding cards to your pack or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's usually they just open it, they check it, they stamp the cards and then So, yeah. but it still is just a random like, oh, we picked to- yeah, totally. This many packs and opened them and stamped them. It's also going to be a bit different because uh, they're drafting in pods, right? Like when you play on Arena, you don't play against the people you drafted mm-hmm. with, but these players will be playing against people they drafted with. So uh, that changes the strategy a bit. Like on Arena, you just know half your games are going to be against blue-black. Yeah. But that's not really the case when you're playing against the people you drafted with because you can't have half the table be blue-black. No, it'll be like two or three probably. Will be blue black. Yeah, blue black's pretty deep, so mm-hmm. I would I would guess it could support three, three. And if there's only two, then both of them will have good decks. Exactly. So, um, we'll have to see. It'll also be interesting to see. You know, obviously our teams aren't going to be in the same pods. Like it will be fun to see who's in what pod because there's going to be two. Um, totally. Imagine the pods are just our teams. That would be crazy. That would <laughs> suck though, because then you won't yeah. really get up. You're like, okay, cool. We, we all yeah, get yeah. the same amount of points for that first portion. <laughs> I'm just going to get like 12 wins out of this. Yeah, sure. it's like, that's it. We <laughs> both get the same number. We're like, cool. All right, move on <laughs> to the next thing. <laughs> that would be so stupid. That's exactly the kind of thing that would happen too. Is it like, oh, we cut yeah. it right. The, you know, this is, Watsy just listens to our podcast and like makes decisions. Um, <laughs> yeah, based definitely. Based on Oh. I mean, that would be real convincing if, if the pods were just our teams, then we know they listen. That would be, that would be a huge honor, honestly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, get excited for this weekend. Pick, don't forget, pick your champion on the fucking esports website. You get a free rare and a sleeve and maybe a pet. I picked Paolo. You picked Paolo? I haven't picked yet. I wanted to wait until we drafted to make sure I picked a player that was on I, my team. I, I picked Paulo before the deck list leak, though. Oh, okay. Well, so I didn't even know. It wasn't even like a mono green thing. I just think that it's so unlikely for him to win again. Um, and he has but, said that he's he's kind of, you know, he's positions himself to be more of a content creator and be in that position. That I want to pick someone who's like hungry, you know. And I feel still like the goat, though. Yeah, but I. I'm not sure if he really needs it. I want someone who's scrappy, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll find out, obviously, this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a Thanksgiving thing. <laughs> I really thought you had something there. But... So, in American Thanksgiving, it's traditional to watch football on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. In Canada, we watch magic. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the tradition here, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's The World Championships is always on um, <laughs> Thanksgiving in Canada. Yeah, always so. on Canadian Thanksgiving, yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. That'd be a great tradition. That would be awesome. I mean... Just have it on the big screen in the living room. Everybody's invested. Everybody freaks out when Noriyuki Mori, you know, concerted defenses mm-hmm. their... Uh, their spell <laughs> double concerted defenses with a malevolent hermit backup <laughs> yeah because i can see that play pattern i guess though. concerted defense is not bad against galvanic iteration because if they pay for it they can't, they can't play. cast the epiphany exactly 
So then you're like, okay, um, though Galvanic Iteration is also going to just sit in your graveyard and do it again next turn, so that's kind of annoying. Another concerted defense. That's true. <laughs> I think having, having the Malevolent Hermit where you're just sitting there, and then they are like, okay, well, let's try to bait it out, and then you can play the concerted defenses so it sits on the battlefields, mm-hmm. maybe. I do like that Hermit, though. I think it's a pretty interesting card. Yeah, I'm not as high on it as everyone else seems to be because I've never really had it do that much against me. But uh, it's definitely powerful. Yeah. And I, if you're playing, like, blue mirrors, I could see it, like, turning off all their counter spells is pretty, mm-hmm. pretty good. Like, they have to leave in removal now because of the stupid mm-hmm. hermit that you might bring in. Yeah, so um, I'm excited. It's worlds, baby. It's worlds, baby! Worlds! Excited. All right. Well, Jeff, do you have any last thoughts before we go to our last call? No, I'm just busy thinking about which beer I'm going to pick. I have absolutely no idea. So um, <laughs> I'm going to chug the Just like that whole draft, I don't know what I'm going to pick. I don't know who I'm going to pick. I don't know who's going to win. I don't know anything, yeah. but I'm along for the ride. You ready? You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. Three, two, one. All right. Uh, Knew it. We pick it our own beers, like we do. I had a feeling that might happen. And I got a zap. Zap. I got Bianca. 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 It sounds like a fragrance. Yeah. Bianca. Bianca. (laughs) It's just like a... (laughs) It's the classic... I guess maybe that's a jeans commercial, probably. But, like, you know, ripped dude and, like, hot chick swimming in a lake, and then they get out, and they pull on their jeans or whatever, and it just, like, whispers what it is. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I love how the, the, you know, fragrance commercial landscape just has never changed from the, let's just get two hot people and, like, grayscale it. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, that is a weird thing about sense, right? Where, like... Uh, scent is one of the things that like puts you back in a place quick quicker than anything else of your senses like if you Mm -hmm. smell something you like remember that moment when your mom was baking the thing that you liked when you were a kid or whatever yeah Um, totally so i don't know it's also a weird sex thing where it's like oh you smell this and you immediately just like (laughs) it's very sensual yeah you're like ready for it (laughs) yeah so i guess that's what the idea of that is um you know what they really need is if there was a fragrance that smelled like a fresh pack of magic cards. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you walk into a game store fucking smelling like fresh magic cards. Oh, buddy. Are you going to make friends? Maybe they're not the friends that you want to make, but you're going to make lots of friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like maybe for me and you, because we're not looking for anybody, but uh, besides just like dude <laughs> friends, but yeah. Hey, I would make us some some great dude friends. Yeah. And then we'd be like, hey, do you want to add me on Arena? And they'd be like, no, because <laughs> Arena doesn't smell like fresh magic cards. Yeah, I can't play Commander with four players on Arena. So. Exactly. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, let's talk about some beers. Let's talk about some rankings of the beers. Um, yes. We have a system that we rank our beers by. It's unique. We invented it. No one has ever thought of this before. Um, That's true. <laughs> we actually checked. 
mm-hmm. with all yeah. of the ranking systems. Um, we rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, just like the tiers in Arena. Huh. That's just... I don't know how that happened. That's just random, uh, I guess. It's just really fortunate that it worked out like that. Yeah, I'm really happy. Like, I'm pretty sure the developers of Arena started listening to our podcast and then decided right. that they're going to... They're like, this is a great system. Yeah, yeah, wow. It's like, it goes up in, like, metals. That's cool. Um Anyway, uh, this in no way says anything about you and your personal rank on Arena, Um, Mm -hmm. but bronze beers are trash. They're so bad that you spit them out. You can't believe that you had to drink them in the first place, and you're actually upset by it. Yeah, that's that's a doozy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Silver beers, these are macro brews, you know, your Coors Lights, uh, or just micro brews that are not particularly interesting. Uh, gold beers are fine like you drink them and you're like okay but like you kind of forget about them and you don't really care about it really at all platinum is one step up right like it's good it's fine it's solid and you would have this again no problem but you know didn't blow your mind yeah sometimes you go to the the liquor store and you pick it up because you're like yeah this is solid i feel like this today um diamond is exceptional so this is a beer that you actually go to specific stores to find because you're like i do actually like this one and i know this spot has it so um, I'm going to get this so I can make sure I can bring it to my friend's house to show them because it is good. It's really good. Yeah. And then Mythic, these are the best of the best. You know, these are the beers you, you tell everyone about, uh, you know, even if somebody you don't even know is just at the beer store. You grab this, you put it in their cart, you talk their ear off about it. You give them 20 bucks. They're, they're going to yeah. buy it. You're going to make them buy it. It's on me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so we have our two beers tonight. Jeff, where should we start? Do you want to start with Zap, or do you want to start with Bianca? Zap! Yeah, you wrote that one first in the notes, so let's go with that one. Perfect. Sounds good, because I picked it, and I'm drinking it right now, so I can remember what it tastes like. Um, yes, that's going to be my issue. <laughs> yeah, so this one, Nickelbrook, um, they have a bunch of different stuff. I've never been like a, just phenomenally amazed by any of their beers. But I like this one. It's nice. I do enjoy pink lemonade in general. Um, I don't actually remember why it's pink. It's, it's just in general. Like pink lemonade. This beer is not that pink. It comes from pink lemons. That, no, that's not, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, is it like... Why is it pink? Why is pink, why is pink lemonade pink? I hmm. don't know. That's a good question. Do they add strawberries, but strawberries just like fall over to every other flavor so lemonade is it just tastes like lemons i feel like strawberry lemonade is definitely a thing though. oh that is true and it's not the same thing as pink lemonade is pink lemonade just literally just dyed pink i have no idea anyway i would assume so probably um but uh i like the can uh i like pink lemonade whenever it's around um and uh this is nice you know it has a nice sharp sour taste which feels like it does feel very close to actual pink lemonade because that's going to be sour as well with the lemons. So it doesn't taste super sour just on purpose to be a sour. It actually makes sense that it all fits together. Um, but I enjoyed it. I liked it enough. Yeah, I yeah. was I was happy that it wasn't like overbearingly sweet mm-hmm. because I was, I was a bit nervous about that when I saw the pink lemonade IPA. I was worried it was just going to be basically taste like really sugary pink lemonade with a hint of beer in the background, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was not the case. So that was nice. Yeah. But I, I mean, I liked it. it. It's not blowing me away in any sense. And, um, I don't know if I would be 
super into it, drinking it a lot. But um, okay, so this, uh, I'm reading the back now. So uh, as far as fruit goes, it says it has lemon zest and pink guava. So that's the pink aspect of this specific one. Um, and uh, it has citra hops, just like you like the cheater hops right in there. That's, That's probably right. why I, I do like it. And California... I mean, that makes sense in a citrusy beer anyways, because they have, like, it balances well with citrus. Yeah. Um, it's very zingy, zingy lemon. Um, so I could, you know, if it's kind of hot out or I want something that's really kind of bright and sharp, this definitely fits the bill. Um, I could see myself picking this up again, but I could also see myself never picking it up again. So I'm on the gold platinum border. This is one of those ones where I'm going to look at this in the store and be like, oh yeah, that was pretty good. And then buy something else. Like that's Mm -hmm. just what's going to happen. Like I'm going to acknowledge that I enjoyed it and that it was pretty good. And I'll be like, I should get that sometime. And then I'm going to get something else. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, so then that's probably just gold then. Yeah. I guess technically like. I don't know, in terms of beer quality, I probably was thinking platinum, but then just sort of walking through that scenario with you, I'm like, I'm not going to get this again, though, so Mm -hmm. probably by our own rating scale, it is gold. It's probably, I would say it's high gold. It's really hard, because I do think that it is solid, but I'm probably not going to drink it again, and I probably won't bring it to anything. It's just kind of like niche, right? That's more the, it's, I'm not like avoid it, going to avoid it because it's not good. I'm just going to avoid it because you have to be in a very specific mood to drink this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like like you said, if it's the summer, really hot day, then the lemon is really refreshing. And, but then there are other beers that kind of do that better. So, Exactly. Like, I think I would probably go to something that's juicier first in that scenario. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I did like it. I'm happy that I had it. Obviously, I wanted another one because I had the first one. I was like, you know what? I really feel like drinking this again. Um, and I like right. those tones. So, um, high gold. Yeah. I think technically we have to give it gold, but I think, you know, in terms of beer quality, uh, you should think of this as more in the platinum range. So if this is your type of thing, go pick it up. Cause yeah. it's, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, go for it. Also, like we've said this with a bunch of things, but you know, try it out for yourself. You know, we're going to rate things a certain way. You could easily have different taste buds because everyone does so you know do it um let's go into bianca though all right i'm guessing you did not like bianca bianca um because uh you picked a gold beer over it so (laughs) yeah so i thought it was really interesting um but i'm gonna make you talk about it first because i had to talk about the other one first so (laughs) that's fair and that's the one you picked and Mm -hmm. this is the one i picked um so I was expecting to hate this because every Goza I've had, I don't think I've had one that I really, really liked. And so every time I see the word Goza, uh, I get a little apprehensive. Now, I felt like this one in particular. So if you don't know, like Gozas tend to be very, very salty. It's kind of my main issue with them. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a salty beer. And I think the first one I had was like a cucumber goza which sounded really refreshing but then the salt instead of being refreshing because it was so salty it was like the opposite (laughs) Mm -hmm. dehydrated you more than beer usually does um 
this one, I thought the mango actually worked well with that saltiness. And they kind of tempered the saltiness a little bit. Like, it's not as salty as the ones I've had in the past. It's just kind of a hint of mm-hmm. hint of salt on the, on the back end. Um, so I think that's where I was coming from on this one, that I expected to really hate it, like, because I just haven't had a Goza that I liked, really. And I thought it was fine. Yeah, um... I also thought it was fine. I uh, The mango was nice, and I, I agree with everything you said about Gozas because I have a similar relationship with them. Not as much as the salty stuff, but there's just something else about it that I don't really know that I usually haven't liked. And this didn't have any of those characteristics, so I don't even know if I would consider it yeah, that. Yeah, they can be very off-putting. Mm-hmm. Right? I think what... I would really like to taste this first because because I had the, the pink lemonade one at the beginning, um, mm-hmm. this one felt very like uh, creamy and like kind of almost flat in the sense that that one felt so sharp and strong and this one felt very soothing and like chill, but also just like chill. You know, like I... I mean, this does have that vibe though. It's not mm-hmm. particularly carbonated. Yeah. Um, but not just carbonated, but also like it's um, just mellow. Um, which yeah, can be definitely. nice, you know, um, I think I was looking more towards this. I kind of, I put them both at gold, uh, in the sense that I might try this another time just to see if I like it just alone. Um, but, uh, it's the same. I, I feel very similar. I feel like they're very close and I feel very similarly with, uh, you know, I think the beer quality yeah. is there, but I'm probably not going to decide to I'm not going to choose this one again. Like I'm not going yeah, you know, to on before the Before we started this segment, I kind of had them both in platinum mm-hmm. with this one edging the other one out, but now that I think about it, I'm like honestly probably not going to pick this one up again either. So yeah. I guess by yeah, by you know, yeah, metrics, they're both gold. Yeah. Um, but they're both good beers. It's just neither of these are really my style of beer, and so that kind of means that I'm very unlikely to to get these again yeah i yeah yeah i think they're they're fine like it it is the kind of gold thing of like yeah i I would probably drink them like once every few months or whatever um yeah or if i was at a party or something and somebody offered me this i'd have i wouldn't be apprehensive about that i'd be like sure yeah i've had this before it's pretty good but but i wouldn't seek it out exactly and it's like if i went to a party and i saw both of these I would probably think the like pick the pink lemonade one over this one. Yeah, I'd go the other way. So. Yeah, so there we go. That makes sense because we literally just did that right now. Anyway. Yeah. Perfect. Golds all around. Lots of gold. Um, as we hope that our players on our teams make the gold world medal. I don't know what color. Excellent. Is Excellent tie-in. Yeah. See, you know, I'm just full of these. <laughs> uh. Anyway, it is closing time. Uh, it's time to close up the show. And, uh, and, and that's it. Um, <laughs> very eloquent. Uh, you can always find us at arena regulars on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. You can also find us on MTG arena under the username arena regulars podcast. If you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg. That's Z E U L B E R G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? Uh, Twitter blues, brews, 
MTG spelled exactly like it sounds. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, anywhere you can talk about our show and sing our praises. We'd really like that. Also, if you just want to talk to us, please find us on the places that we just mentioned because we'd love to talk to you. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you, and by you, I mean you, Zach, to start picking out your 24 beers for my weird two four. <laughs> Good night. All right, that's fine.